Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, how are we doing today? I am great. It's just a beautiful Tuesday up here in God's country. Oh, we're just uh, counting down the days for the uh, for the Viking Super Bowl parade up here. <laughs> Today I, is I the forgot, last like, day. camp news. Camp news is just all duckies and bunnies. And it's so everything's positive so up there. Best shape of your life. This guy's positive. This guy's catching everything getting thrown his way, Dude. and this guy looks so much stronger and so much faster. Dude, what did they do to Dalvin Cook's knee, man? Did they put like a like a like a like a robotic knee in there? He's so much faster. <laughs> I think to be fair, the last great. time a Vikings the last time a Vikings running back tore an ACL, he didn't look that great the next year. So temper your expectations. Oh I'd really? Two thousand have yeah, two thousand yards year. tops. Oh, okay, okay. All right, 2,000 yards tops for Dalvin Cook. I'm going to write that down. Um, but uh, today is July 31st, the last day of July. August tomorrow Usually. is uh, – we, we, we usher in um, the, uh, the last of the months waiting for NFL to come back. Um, we have the Hall of Fame game coming up on Thursday. Uh and so in honor of the Hall of Fame game coming up Thursday, we are going to do an hour and a half deep dive into handicapping the Hall of Fame game. Are you ready? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I do love the Hall of Fame game. But. I kid. I kid. There is no frigging chance. I, I wasn't really that paying attention there. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> wait, wait, what? No, no. So we're, 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 no I'm, I'm in a great mood. I am super <laughs> excited. We, uh, we're, we are on fire right now. We have the blog blowing up. Uh, we are putting out outstanding content up on deepdivemedia.co. Uh, check it out if you haven't already. You will absolutely enjoy this stuff. It is. Uh, we got your NFL fix if that's what you're looking for. We got your tennis fix if that's what you're looking for. Um, we're covering two posts a day. I put up one around lunchtime where I'm covering uh, the most interesting stuff that I see across the beat writers covering on Twitter. Uh, give it a little commentary. Uh, and then Andy in the afternoon, you've been doing the injury um, what is it, injury recap. Yeah, I like to focus on the negative. Which, <laughs> injury recap is basically just following the L.A. Chargers Twitter accounts. <laughs> uh, that's basically oh, they do the job for the me. Walking boys. wounded. It's not even August, and the Chargers have already put significant people on IR. It's so sad. So sad. Um, somebody cursed yeah, that franchise. Yeah, check out, check out deepdivemedia.co. It's in both of our bios. We're tweeting out. Anytime we put a, any content up there, it's going to be tweeted out. It'll be on our Twitter feeds. You'll find... It's much easier just to do that. Uh, we're definitely going to have some more tennis content, a ton more football, and then who knows? Like, and hey, if you if you wrote something or you want to write something or you, you think you can write something about sports, if you got a story in your heart and you got to let it out, oh, always yeah, love submit some material. That's always a great call. A good, I love a good guest writer. If you've ever wanted so, to try your hand at uh, putting together uh, a handicapping focused post. 
by all means reach out to us we'll we're going to put up a link at the website that has submit con you know submit um uh, a proposed uh proposed post and uh and we'll give it a review um so far great friends of the pod caleb gearing and big 10 Wado have given us outstanding content uh they have posted fantastic stories check them out if you haven't already um it's officially the home of the deep dive podcast uh, so you can go and look through the archives there. We're going to put more detailed show notes up from now on so that if you're looking for some, you know, a specific uh, hit on a game or a team or something along those lines, you'll be able to figure out where in the, you know, in the course of the podcast that can be found. Um, we'll summarize in the show notes. We'll summarize some of the picks we talk about and how they perform. So you can keep track at home. Uh, and then, and then, um, yeah, then we're doing two a day videos. It has been a super fun time, although we are kind of still figuring out how to do all of the technical parts of a YouTube live broadcast. Live video, it turns out, is very hard. <laughs> Did you know that? Um, yeah, it's been kudos. Yeah, kudos to you. Like, it's C not easy. Man. Or, you know, whoever gonna, else yeah. putting. Yeah. Good job, TBS. Or, no, that's not live. ESPN, I don't really want to give them a shout out. Good job, 1980s ESPN. When you were there, cool. you go. Yeah, yeah. That, it's uh, it's it's quite hard, and uh, the technical challenges have been uh, fun to deal with. Except, uh, you know, I would like it to go a little smoother from now on. But all that said, it's super fun. We're doing two days every day at 1 p.m. Pacific or thereabouts. Um, it's a live broadcast. You can get on there and comment, chat, and. Um, ask questions, bring up topics. And uh, we cover two topics of our own every day. And so far we've covered some, you know, kind of a brief uh, team camp expectations, previews, things like that. Some of the hotter topics that are happening right now in the NFL, um, whatever really interests us in the course of the day, we just give it about 15 minutes chatting between the two of us. And it's been a ton of fun. So check it out. Um, and uh, with that, two of them today, we did two of them. The first one was totally, totally lost, but that's okay. The second one was better. Um, let's uh, yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk situational, kind of. I mean, more of the situational handicapping in, encompasses much more than this. There's going to be tons of things during the season that are going to pop out situationally, but as far as what we know now, we know the rosters for the most part. And we know who plays who, when, where, and who they play, you know, the week before, after, and all that. So based with the info that we have right now on every team's schedule and every team's makeup, we have started to throw together some – the whale made a, some pretty cute charts. <laughs> real nice, real nice these colorful very charts. very technical. These are yeah. things we're going to get these tweeted out, save them to your – Hard drive, put it on a backup hard drive. Probably save it to the, the cloud and maybe your phone too. These are going to be good. Yes, this is um, at least me. I mean, obviously, like the numerical model I use to actually project scores and, and help find edges is probably my most valuable tool. Um, but there are two kind of key inputs to that tool. The first is the um, you know team level efficiency data, uh, which we scrape from the interwebs, and the second is 
how would we expect a team to perform relative to their baseline in any given week? Are there specific situational factors that you would not expect them to just go out and give you an average performance? Would you expect above average or below average because of the rest, because of the travel, because of their opponent's rest, their opponent's travel, because of the motivational factors, which play a huge role in the NFL? Uh, is it a low motivation game? Is it a high motivation game? These sort of things, absolutely, you have to account for them. You have to weave them into your handicap. In my opinion, it is just as important to count for rest off of a buy as it is to account for home field advantage and the bookmakers are doing it when they're setting the lines and if you're not also uh, accounting for it in some way shape or form in your handicap then you are almost certainly going to find yourself backing backing spots over the course of the year where you think you have an edge but in fact the line was maybe more correct based on you know something that was going on situationally is that a pretty fair yeah, you, setup yeah, for this? Yeah, you could be sitting and looking like, oh, man, this team, you know, Team A shouldn't be laying this many points to Team B. But then you, you, if you don't look into this and all of a sudden you lose that bet and maybe it's mentioned during the broadcast that, you know, this well, this team is coming off a bye. <laughs> the other, you know, if you, it's, it's, like, there's oh, a lot shit. of stuff to remember. If you're, you know, maybe some people don't have all day long to be breaking down everything. Like, this is going to be a nice tool to look at, like, Hey, here's a game. Here's a game I like. Is anything funny going on as far as either team's travel schedule, rest, uh, anything else like that? And um, how many how many different ones are we gonna highlight? Different situations. This, uh, are you gonna put in the twelfth? Yeah, probably. But really, there's Definitely. a couple of these that are just they're effectively the same, but they're of different yeah. degrees. You know. Yeah. Some of these the color, are the color. Chart, there's 11, but they'll probably, yeah, right, right. In my mind, there's really only like five or six, but there's varying degrees of these. Um, do you want to kind yeah, of go down the list? The, and, the in, yeah, they're inverse of one, you know. Let's go down the list and highlight these, num and, and then number number one, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, the opponent has a rookie head coach and it's Thursday night football. Traditionally, yes. this is bad news for a team. Yes. That with the with the rookie head coach, just they're not they're not you know prepared. They don't have the experience to prepare on a short week like that. They haven't worked with the team long enough to do to do all the preparations that they normally do given a full week, and it shows. Like this is this seems like maybe kind of a silly one, but it's it's a thing. Like it, it's a hundred percent. You can see you can see it in the team's level every time this happens. We had one right away last year, but it was two rookie head coaches <laughs> playing each other, and it was like ninety. Yeah. yeah, there was ninety fucking points scored. Like so, <laughs> yeah, it, that's it, what it happens when you get two games. of those. Which yeah. maybe write that down: two rookie head coaches on Thursday night football. Uh, wildness. wildness. In hindsight. In hindsight, that was the Rams-Niners game, if I remember correctly. And yeah. in hindsight, that should have been an obvious, easy look at the over because you had two offensive-minded head coaches. And so, yeah, no shit. They, uh, they don't have a full week to prepare a game plan. Uh, they're just going to go with their gut and pull out their best stuff and, and let it rip, you know. And, and, uh, and so, you know, they needed more time to put together – you know, effective defenses to combat each other. And uh, since they didn't have that time, they uh, ended up uh, conceding a combined 80-something points, 80 points. Yeah, so, 
that was that in hindsight that was a pretty easy one that i uh that i regret not uh not nailing um the uh there's a handful more this year than there were last year uh let me see if they can come up with another good example from last year before we move on here because i know it was an effective I, I i made a a couple of great bets on this last year one of them was buffalo uh at the jets i think week nine the jets had Oh, so the Buffalo had a rookie head coach. Uh, they went up to the Jets. Um, I remember having a long uh, back and forth blog with our buddy BP Sports about this uh, at the time, and I was convinced, trying to convince him, "Hey, man, Buffalo may be better, but you know, then they may be favored. But you have this rookie head coach heading to uh, down to the Meadowlands. Uh, he's not necessarily, you know, he doesn't have the the game plan in his back pocket like you need to, um, because really at the the core of this angle is when you're a rookie head coach and you haven't had this experience at least once of preparing for a Thursday night football, it's not obvious to you. You're not uh, in the mindset that you need to be a, an entire week ahead planning your game plan two weeks out. And so really like the good coaches, the guys who have done this many years, the guys who coaches that perform well on Thursday night, whose teams perform well on Thursday night football. Uh, week four, uh, they are doing their game plan, not just for week four, but for week five, knowing that they don't have the time to really install nuances and things like that once, uh, you know, once the with the compressed uh, schedule. So um, this year we got more new head coaches than usual. Um, there's five. Is there? I think that, yeah, you're right. There's, uh, oh, I know there's seven. We got seven what? new head coaches this year. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, new head coach in Indy, new head coach in Tennessee. Arizona's got a new one. Oakland, Giants, Chicago, and Detroit. Um, oh, yeah. Chi- about Chicago and Detroit play each other. So we're going to go ahead uh, and uh, cross that off. So. Cross that one off. Um, you know, well, as, as the season goes through, as we go week to week, you know, we told you to save this, download this look at this but obviously like when we get to these this is going to come up like we're going to be referencing this this is a tool for anybody at any level of handicapping to definitely look at that so yeah once we get to some thursday night games and there's some rookie head coaches this is this is going to come up big time yeah and i would say detroit chicago throw that out that's thanksgiving but yeah you can't yeah throw, throw that one out um i'm gonna say probably throw throw out oakland as well because gruden's not technically a first-time head coach he's a rookie head coach this year but um you got to expect uh, yeah, he's a rookie in the way that roy hobbs was a rookie like, <laughs> he'd played some he played some ball so yeah yeah right. i mean and as we go and that's a good point too as we go through this like the not all of these are weighted equally no and obviously no, no like way. Detroit, Detroit, no way. Chicago, well even in the same category like detroit chicago it's you know those are getting thrown out and maybe like you said maybe Oakland isn't as strong of a play as perhaps um, you know Philly Philly yeah. playing Shermer on Thursday night with a rookie yeah. you know that's that's a whole different horse. Granted, yep. Shermer Shermer's career has been less illustrious than Chucky's, but it, he did you know he coached a little too. So we will you know and we'll have to temper our expectations on things like that. So yeah. as you know as we go through that. There will be – it's hard to, like, quantify this. You can't give it a number like, well, this is an eight on the Thursday night head coach rookie. <laughs> like, we're not going to get that deep. But 
so definitely I, you gotta you you gotta think about it a little and you know look into look into a little more detail as far as which one of these is actually more important. We're just kind of hitting the broad strokes, highlighting some things that have proven over the years, and you got to dig into it and determine if it's actually a factor you want to use to handicap that game. Yeah, two Which, two good two uh, yeah, good so examples the, two good examples in the AFC relatively early in the season. Uh, New England Week Five hosts Indianapolis on Thursday Night Football. Um, decent chance that Andrew Luck looks pretty sharp. Uh, first four weeks of the season, people are all buzzing like, "Oh man, he, he might be back." Uh, you know, let's say that they win at home versus Houston Week Four. Maybe they have a little buzz. Maybe the New England defense looks like absolute trash. Uh, and the offensive line gets destroyed by Houston and Jacksonville week one and two, and then they struggle a week three against Detroit. Um, you know, maybe there's a little line value there on New England when you come week five and you have a brand new head coach who can't install the type of uh, the type of offensive and defensive scheme he needs to compete with New England on yeah, the road definitely, on Thursday know, night football. We don't have time to go through all of them, but like, yeah, definitely varying degrees. Like that one is way bigger for me. You know, do you right, remember the just, last time? Just off you, uh, just you, off you, what you said right there. Do you remember the last time a rookie head coach went to Foxborough on Thursday Night Football? It was oh, two years ago. Bill O'Brien? It was Bill O'Brien. Twenty eight nothing? Yeah, something like that. He got it was well, either way, it, it might have got, been twenty eight seven. He got undressed by Jacoby Brissett uh, well, while it, Tom Brady it was, was on Patriots suspension. Minus one. I <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I'm like Do you remember I'm like, it? like Yes. I don't care if they trot Vinatieri out there. If they re-sign him and put him at quarterback, I'll play that. Like this yeah. is silly. That yeah. was a good one. So, uh, so the, the next one, yeah, the next one is, and I guess we'll just mention two at the same time because it's dumb to split these up. There, there's yeah. going to be two different colors on the chart. They're just the inverse of each other. Um, getting extra rest off your bye week, yep. and or playing an opponent that has extra rest off their bye week. And again, yep. we talked about. Detroit and Chicago playing each other on Thursday night with rookie head coaches. There's three situations where two teams play each other off their buys. So, again, it's like, well, Jacksonville's off their buy. Well, they play Indy off their buy, too. You know, two rights don't make a wrong. Two, two rights made an airplane. It's crossed. <laughs> out. I don't know. Yeah. One way or the other. You know, yeah. you have cancels to look, each other out. Yeah. look at all angles. It just cancels each other out. But, Otherwise, there, you know, there's a ton of these scattered throughout the throughout the schedule, and you're gonna have to look too. There's gonna be some of these. It's hard to describe this. It's just a spreadsheet matrix of the schedule. Yeah. There's gonna be some that have multi-colors, so that's where you're really gonna look to maybe find something you love, where you find a team that's getting extra rest off their bye. Let's just pull one real quick. Cleveland coming out or uh, Pittsburgh coming off their bye playing Cleveland at home and Cleveland is on their second straight road game. So it's a, and I, I it's a I gave, double I, whammy. I, I know I gave, I gave away <laughs> the, okay. one of the next ones on the list, but you know, there's going to be spots where there's two or three different situations like this going on in the same game. And that's really going to be a nice spot for, for maybe a good look at uh, backing a team, even if you're not seeing a huge advantage of your power numbers. Yeah, great point. Um, okay, let's back up a second. Uh, you called it six cross off six teams uh, yep. from this. So, uh, so instead of thirty two games where this matters, you only had twenty six. Yep. Um, and of those twenty six games, you better believe 
that there will be a built-in advantage to the team getting extra rest in the Vegas number. In the opening number, it'll be in there. Um, and Oh, yeah, these are built in for sure. These right? are built in, without a doubt, which means you got to know about it in order to be able to properly adjust your number, right? So, uh, and I will also say we've talk, we had talks about this in season last year, and we've noticed, you know, it, this isn't necessarily something you can actually tease out when you look back at the historical data. Um, the theory is sound on this. One team is getting extra freaking rest. They have had a whole week to get healthy. They have had lots of guys on their roster who got banged up early in the season who they said, we are putting you on the shelf until out of the bye, right? So they have reintegrated pieces that the other team hasn't seen before. They have had, the coaches have had two weeks to watch tape and to scheme and to game plan. Uh, and you combine all of those factors and you, in, you generally see an above average performance, right? You look down, oh, yeah. at, you, you look down, you generally see something like one standard deviation over their expectation. And it's a, it's a combination yeah, of the, those factors. The no dust right? special of, yeah, right. this is. Okay. Now a couple of exceptions to this rule apply that you're going to want to absolutely have in the back of your head. Sometimes a team has momentum. They have a little bit of energy. They have a little bit of chemistry developing. The bye can come along and disrupt that a little bit. We saw that with the Vikings two years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah, they were looking good heading into the bye, and then they didn't. Yes, they had 5-0, and I think, heading into their bye, and the bye completely tipped the apple cart on them. Um, and... It's not obvious to me. There's not a one-to-one correlation. <laughs> if you are, if you are, Apple cart. They, they they tipped over the Viking ship. The Viking, uh, the Viking ship got uh, got boat got rocked uh, with the bye and took on water, and they never recovered and did not make the playoffs. Uh, it was quite sad. Um, the there's not like any real way to predict that i wouldn't say but i would just say if you have a particularly hot team heading into the bye it may be worthwhile just to go ahead and skip that game when they come out right i wouldn't necessarily fade them uh but just be prepared for those sort of scenarios um there's also one other thing to note about a bye uh some coaches take better advantage of the bye than others um can you think of any examples oh calgary Calgary and the CFL. <laughs> I'm not like we. I joke, but they're they're like 16 and 0 out of the bye the last 16 straight up. But uh, that's so yeah, crazy. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is another one. Oh, this is another no shit. Like everybody knows this, but it it doesn't matter. It still works. Like it does. It does. It and does. the look ahead line has put him as an underdog coming out of the bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, KC plays uh, uh, plays the Rams in Mexico City. Then they get extended rest, and then they were given a gift of being able to face the division rival hated Raiders in the black hole uh, with a whole extra week of Andy Reid preparing. Um, so that's going to be exciting. That might be one of the best games later in the season that you know I'm looking forward to. Week 13, KC at Oakland. Andy Reid off the bye, potentially a dog on the road, looking at uh, some money line value there back in the Chiefs. Um, the other thing I will say about the bye that's interesting, to me at least, um, last year the NFL did some super weird 
unbalanced distribution of who had to play teams off of the bye. Um, yeah, it's sorry obvious that it's obvious. It's, <laughs> it's obvious that every team gets one bye. So there's really no advantage there. However, it is not evenly distributed who has to play teams coming off the bye. Yep. Uh, and last year, for whatever bizarre reason, the Giants five teams coming off of the bye. And uh, I'm not going to say it's the reason that McAdoo got fired because he was a bad coach. Uh, but I am going to say it did not help their cause whatsoever. They played Denver, Seattle, Rams, KC, uh, and I'm missing one more. Uh, Dallas, maybe. I don't know. They had so many teams that they were playing off of, off, coming off of extra rest. F- four of them for sure off the bye that I know of. And um, I think they went... O and four in those games. So, yeah. and the, and this can get like we said, not all spots are equal. There's two situations here too, where Arizona and San Francisco, West Coast teams, both come off their buys, travel and play noon games in Central and Eastern time zones, which is not the and and Seattle actually has this too, it traveling up to Detroit. It's not the worst oh, yeah, thing as that. far as the, yeah, you don't have the quick turnaround like oh shit. Shit, we got to get our ass up to Detroit now. Like you have all the time in the world, you have two weeks to do it, but you still are a West Coast team playing an early game. So, you know, there's going to be spots where coming off the bye is tempered a little like that, and there's going to be spots where it's even better. Like uh, looking at the Giants, they come off the bye and they get a team that had to play Thursday night the week before. Great like, point. That's, uh, you know, I guess that's the same. That that's that actually bodes uh, bodes poorly for the Giants. They don't get as good of a bump as you'd yeah, expect. It's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's another another one that bumps them down a little. So interesting to see though that Detroit has to play two teams off of coming off of bye, but both teams are West Coast teams in an early spot, neutralizing that a hair, which is fascinating. Um, last year, again, there was there's no there's not as much imbalance this year as there was last year. Uh, the only team that plays three games where their opponent comes off a bye is Indianapolis. One of those is neutralized because they come off their own bye, playing in Jacksonville, who's coming off the bye week 10. So really, no one has to play a team coming off a bye more than twice. And lots of teams never have to play a team coming off a bye. Philly never has to do it. Philly got kind of a, like a low-key easy schedule situationally. I don't necessarily understand it, but Philly doesn't have to play a team coming off a bye. The Minnesota Vikings don't have to they play do, a team they, coming off the bye. Philly Which does have to play three teams that play off of Thursday. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Which that, I guess it's it's a horse apiece. Maybe maybe that equates to like one team off a of bye. You get three, and you get two teams in a row in Washington and Dallas that have both come off of a Thursday night game, extra rest. So yeah, if you're routinely playing at a rest disadvantage, that's bad news. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, spoiler alert: that's the next one on the list. Whether let's go right down to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 not as good. It's the same angle with just a little less time to rest. If you come off a Thursday night game, it's not as good of a buy, but you're still getting three more days. So, and in and in the same right, if you played a you know. 
if you're playing an opponent that had the same thing, it's the same as you know you're playing an opponent off a of bye. It, it sucks that your opponent got ten days rest. My hot take on this is that off of Thursday night football rest is actually more valuable, even to us as handicappers, because it's not as widely accounted for. Uh, off the bye, we said it twice now. They it is accounted for by the bookmakers when they hang the opening line. Uh, this angle, however. 10 days rest is not as as uh, effectively captured, in my opinion. Uh, and beyond that, it uh, when you have your bye week. Um, I think, are you going to hit on what players do on a bye week compared to what exactly, they do? Exactly. I was just thinking exactly. about that. Yeah. That's worth digging into. But I think, yeah, I think on a bye week, it's more of a, if maybe they don't live in the city that they play in, maybe they don't you know, exclusively live there. They have a second house somewhere. The younger kids maybe, go back to yeah. college homecoming. The, yeah, maybe the they go hang guys. out on a boat somewhere. Which you can go a Vegas couple ways with that. If you're Vegas a little older, you remember the, it was, the Giants were not the original boat gate team. Go look up the, go look up the Vikings party boat. Right? What was it? Lake Winnetonka? Minnetonka. Minnetonka. Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, oh, man. Is, that is a great throwback. A fun lake. If you just out. heard that story, if you just heard that story and you're like, what the hell are these guys talking about? You owe it to yourself to do a deep, an individual deep dive on the uh, on the Lake Minnetonka boat, boat, boats fiasco. Oh, Fred, Fred Smooth. Oh, Fred the Vikings Smooth. love what was the What was the giant offensive lineman who was, uh, who was just going to town on the on – the, uh, the ladies of the night who were on the cruise with them. Oh, I don't remember. Or was it a D tackle? It was. Cole was... Pepper was on there, and oh, it was it was a real ship show. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Party boat Smoot, Smoot was Smoot was the MVP of the boat trip, though. Um, yeah, um, yeah Moeldy Moore. If anyone like, I'm gonna remember a lot of these. But, yeah. but uh, uh, Brian McKinney, big uh, Mount Brian McKinney. McKinney. There. No, um, uh, oh, there there was a ton of players on there. They like, were. They were. Like, Good chunk of the team was on there playing craps and banging hookers and yes. all kinds of stuff. It was, it was rough. So we really got off topic, but yeah, players yeah, so, who get a full yes. bye week might get on a party boat and bang hookers and smoke <laughs> it. Yes, players who are only off for a couple extra days are probably not going to deviate a ton from the regularly scheduled. You know, I don't – this would be a fun one to look into. Like, what do, what do most NFL teams do um, over the weekend? Do, do they yeah, just I think, honestly, honestly, they get an extra day, uh, I think, of personal. But then they're back in the, they're back in the uh, training room. Hey, they're, getting, yeah, film they're getting extra the weekend, treatment. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're getting extra treatment. They're getting extra film room. They're getting extra prep time. And my personal opinion, I don't have statistics to back this up, but I think extra rest off Thursday night football is a huge angle for handicapping. And um, you uh, you know, do, do what you will with that information. Um, you know which teams get the most – affected by this over the course of the season did you see carolina has to play four teams coming off of thursday night football rest uh, they they've got that. old savvy north turner though so it'll be all right <laughs> it's and in, did you see which four teams one of them's atlanta one of them's philly and one of them's seattle like uh oh yeah no uh i mean now uh, granted seattle might absolutely suck by the time week 12 rolls around but yeah uh, they but they got back to back week two and three they got to get at 
Atlanta and then Cincinnati. Both teams will have extra rest. Um, I personally think that the rest thing tends to matter more in like weeks one through eight. Um, for whatever reason, like early in the season, they need a hot reset. Uh, the later in the season that we see the bye week, um, the less impactful it is, in my opinion. Um, but uh, that's, again, kind of pure speculation. Um, so, yeah, Carolina gets dogged up by the extra rest from Thursday Night Football. You mentioned it before. Philly's got to do, uh, got to take on three teams who are coming off of extra rest. Uh, the Giants got to do it three times. Um, one of them neutralized by their bye. Uh, and then um, no one in the AFC has to play teams off of extra rest more than twice. So fascinating wrinkle about the schedule. Let's talk now about back-to-back road games. This one again, another one of my favorites. This is a big one for me. Yeah, same. And again, you know, in the a lot of the same way that um, rest, I think, tends to matter more early in the season. I know back-to-back roadies matter more early in the season, um, with a few with a few exceptions. Um, and again. For the purposes of putting together this matrix, which I'm going to share with everybody, I'm only looking at back-to-back roadies, um, but equally effed up situations are three and four weeks on the road, four and five weeks on the road, back-to-back-to-back on the road. Um, and Which is the, the worst. It's just brutal. I mean, we've seen great teams just absolutely lay a, lay a gigantic egg on that third on the road because it's it's an awful lot to prepare for uh, to, to make trips uh, in the NFL and you're dealing with the physical um, you know the physical challenges that go with playing professional football uh, and um, like I said I think this tends to matter a ton early in the season over the last two seasons if you simply backed the home team, in a back-to-back situation, week two, you were ten and zero against the spread. There was not a single example where a team on their second roadie, when they had week one and week two on the road, not a single example where that team covered the spread, uh, and it wasn't accounted for even remotely in the lines. And um, this is probably the most tried and true angle that I can think of over the course of the season as it comes to situational handicapping. Um, we saw solid success in week three, four, five as well. Not as much, not as pure as week two, uh, but uh, um, but then it starts to break down as the season goes on a little bit. And my general feeling about that is that as you know, as you get into the season and you have things like injuries and other buys start to take over in terms of rest and things like that, and and uh, start to kind of muddy the water a little bit. Um, we don't really have a lot of situational stuff early in the season. And this is one of them that I think matters a ton. So with that said, Chicago week two, yeah, yeah, lock both it down. Ways, both ways here. If you Pittsburgh, can get a Tennessee, team off the Pittsburgh, Chicago, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee week two, I can already tell you will be on my card. Um, unless something absolutely stupid happens with the linemakers. So good stuff, man. Do you see any back-to-back-y? stuff on the schedule that strikes your interest as you look over the course of the season stuff that's just like holy crap i can't believe they did this to this team or should we save some of that yeah, kind of let's talk about green I mean, bay 
because I don't. I, I wanted to go through the contenders. Yeah, I, I want to kind of go through the contenders and kind of weave all of this together once we're done. But I don't think we want to talk about Green Bay. So if you do want to talk about what happens to them, say week uh, eight through week tw- week twelve. Yeah, I mean we can just dive into one of those. We got yeah. There's a couple more to touch on, but I think this is a good time to. Talk about Green Bay comes off their bye, which we just said, and everybody knows this is a good thing. But Green Bay comes off their bye and plays four games in five weeks on the road, including at Foxborough, at Minnesota. Uh, we're down on Seattle, but it's still a tough place to play. It's a very especially loud when you're Especially when you're traveling from the middle of the country, the East Coast. Yeah. And they, the, I mean, it starts with the Rams. So you go to the Rams, to the Patriots home versus Miami, to Seattle, to Minnesota, and then you finally get a little respite with a home game against Arizona, uh, and then you have Atlanta coming in. I mean, it doesn't get easier. You go down to Chicago, which doesn't matter if the Bears are good or bad. It's a tough place to play. It always will be. And then uh, maybe it gets a little cooler at the end there. But for five weeks, it's it's just a brutal, brutal schedule spot, which coming off your bye – they better hope. I mean, Green Bay should be better this year. We'll get into this in divisional previews, but boy, if they don't go into the bye with some uh, momentum, they're in trouble. Five and one, four and two. Like, that's yeah. going to be, you know, if you go into the bye three and three and come looking at that stretch, that's not good. It's panic mode. It's not, it's not good, man. Um, yeah, the Green Bay has four road games in five weeks. And again, you know, take all this with a grain of salt. Not all road games are created equally. I mean, no freaking shit, right? Like, how far you travel matters. How long you're on the plane there, how long you're on the plane home. Uh, the venue itself, uh, the, um, the conditions that you're in at the venue, you know, the, you know, the heat, the humidity, the altitude, those things absolutely freaking matter. Um, and they have some tough ones. They're going... To the, yeah, you mentioned it. They're going West Coast, East Coast, West Coast, Central. Uh, and four road games in five weeks is brutal. Six in nine weeks is absolutely unheard of. Uh, <laughs> I really I can't remember a stretch like this with any other team. And you're right. If they're not packing heat on that record heading into the bye week, I'm a little nervous about Green Bay this season. So. Yeah. And you, you kind of t- you touched on the next – the next one there is adverse travel or weather. Yeah, let's go right into that. You know, the, this one, and we, we talked about this a little, and most of the, like, it's self-explanatory where to put the color-coded play where, oh, they're coming off their bye. Well, that team has one of those, so it's easy. But this one's a little more subjective, and I think the whale did a pretty good job of picking and choosing where to put these. So this, like, just scenarios. You got San Francisco heading to Tampa Bay later in the season. That's a West Coast team playing a noon game. And these, you know, hold hold tight to these because later in the season there can be some flexing. So, you know, you still could get the travel. But would you say I – would, I would definitely say a noon game – for a West Coast team is much tougher than if they did get flexed to Sunday night. Even traveling across the country, it's still going to be easier if they don't have to play at 10 in the morning their time. So there, there's, there's quite a few of those. Oh, yeah. There's quite I a would few even of those. Go, um, I would even go farther and say it turns into an advantage 
if it gets flexed into the night game. Like, let's say Tampa Bay is undefeated in San Francisco. Everyone wants to see Jimmy G play the undefeated Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, there's probably a point oh one <laughs> chance this happens, but let's just say that uh, San Francisco Tampa Bay gets flexed into the uh, Sunday night football spot. Now you flip the script a little bit, and you have Tampa Bay playing late at night when the body clocks are winding down, circadian rhythms kick in. Uh, San Francisco's yeah the, the the time change starts to become an advantage, and they're they're uh, they're a little sharper, a little fresher. Uh, a little bit of you know the blood's pumping a little faster. They're they're less ready to wind down for the day. Um, so you know I think you know absolutely right. West to east is way worse. It's yeah. way and it's then, just worse. I don't even consider is. east to west a particularly bad travel because guys get over it. It's not that hard. Uh, but west no. to east absolutely tumbles your gyros. If you've not ever done it before. Uh, just trust me on this. I've done it long enough, enough times in my life at this point that I can. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like it was agreeing, but then I'm realizing every single time I've done it, it's because I either coming back from a vacation or from Vegas where I'm tumbled, <laughs> I'm tumbled yeah. hard. So, um, yeah. other, other ones you hit were anytime a team has to play in a different country. There's some yeah, international games like going, going to London, going to Mexico, this now, is granted, another that one affects, where that affects both teams. It affects, it so you, affect both yeah, teams. Yeah. And this was a big one for us last year. Um, stay up to date. Read the news. <laughs> get on, you know, guys, get on uh, Twitter. Get sign up for Twitter account. Get on there. Check some stuff out because we were finding absolute nuggets that I don't think were built into the Lions where no this way. team is traveling, you know, this team's traveling out there a week earlier than the other team or not a week but you know three four days this other team's coming in way later like, the two what best are they were, uh, what are they the thinking two best were rams cardinals and jags ravens um yep. rams car rams cardinals and both teams i think won in shutouts right it was like 44 7 or 44 nothing yeah. 28 to 35 i mean they were absolute no doubt no brainer you know, you can sleep in uh, cashier London bet on the those Saints two games. spots. The Saints, well, the Saints and the Finns, I didn't have a good feel for why the Finns, I didn't have a good travel angle on that one. No, um, I just, the I other two, but, the Saints, and it was, yeah, it was yeah. glorious. So, that was a shutout. Let's talk about the Rams because that one was the most transparent, and that one was yeah. literally a nugget that we got a week out. Uh, the Rams went at Jacksonville and then directly to London. It was their first time traveling to London. It was their first London game. And it was smart on their part to go early and to get adjusted to the body clock, get their body clocks adjusted to the time change, because especially being a West Coast team. Oh, yeah. Arizona well, Cardinals. They're both, both West Coast teams. Yeah. Arizona Cardinals did not do that. They headed out, the, you know, like maybe a day early. To, they, didn't, they wanted to get more prepping at home for whatever dumb reason. Uh, they had a home game before they went. Maybe that was part of the decision making. They were like, "Well, we're gonna have to leave. We'll just wait and leave it, you know, when we think is right." Yeah. It ended up absolutely hammering the team. They no showed from the from the first whistle, and um, that was the easiest bet. One of the easiest, if not the easiest oh, bet. That was that year. was Rams Rams minus three. Rams minus three. They covered. They covered with four touchdowns and changed to spare. <laughs> that was a just a disaster game for the Cardinals. Rams blew them out. Um, yeah. There was 
And then every international game from there on out, somebody scored 33 points, Weird. which is kind of a fucked number to end on. Like it that, is, yeah. you know, scoregami wise, like that's a weird one to end on, and they all did. That, that is, uh, yeah. The Vikings, the Vikes, Browns. I like that one too. Just the Vikings had, the Vikings had an advantage there, and then the Patriots, Oakland. We were looking at that one with that. That's another one. There will be one in Mexico again, and that is another spot where um, there's an altitude. It's much higher. It's higher than Denver. I, I can't remember what the the altitude was is too so yeah it's like aside uh, from, aside, i think it's like close to, it's like eight thousand ish it's very very high um yeah but uh but yeah what was the other one the other one was the uh jags ravens right and that yeah. one was an obvious one because the jags had made the trip a bunch of times with the same personnel they were comfortable doing it they knew how to they knew what they were doing and that, this kind of goes back to the thursday night football one like that potentially there's an advantage just in the experience of having done it once or twice. The Jags had done it every year. They go over and play a London game and give up a home game. The Ravens had never done it, and it absolutely showed. Uh, so factor all these things in. Who do the who do the Jags play in London this year? Philly. That might be a good place to back the Jags. I'm not kidding. Um, Philadelphia, as far as I can tell you, has never made the trip. They're playing Carolina the week before, so they'll be at home. It's not obviously not as tough a trip to go from Philadelphia to London. It's actually probably about the same play time as Philly to LA, if I had to guess. Um, but uh, again, going west to east is not fun on the body. It's just not. Um, yeah, and the, the the Jaguars. This will be their sixth London game, so they they know they know their way around. And it'll yeah. be fun. We're having some. Um, we're gonna play at the new White Hart Lane or whatever Tottenham's new stadium, and then cool two in Wembley. There's none in the none in the cricket arena this year in Twickenham, but two in Wembley, one in Tottenham, and then of course the Mexico game. So, yeah. The did was there any more? Um, looking at going yeah, west before, to east, well, well, uh, hang on, just going to London, jump, going to Mexico. Yeah. Before we jump off of the uh, the average travel weather. I will mention that the Chargers are going from the West Coast. And while on paper, well, oh, oh yeah, Oakland, Seattle, you have the same sort of situation that you had with, um, uh, in my, I'm guessing, you have the same sort of situation that you had with uh, um, Arizona and Rams last year. Because both their West Coast teams, whoever makes the correct decision, about how to get there faster will be a winner in that game. Uh, similarly, I will have my ears peeled, listening to the ground, waiting for news. What do the Chargers do? Week six, they go at Cleveland. Do they then leave and go directly to London while Tennessee does something dumb like sit around in Nashville, wait until Friday, make the trip over, and absolutely suck? So keep, keep those circled, um, and you'll have to make a decision at the time but uh, you know, but London absolutely affects performance, and unfortunately, we don't get to fade a team that was stupid enough to not take their buy off of London this year. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah, that Last one. Last couple was years, that was an absolute in, was gimme. Indy, um, was it Baltimore Indianapolis? It. Baltimore did it last Baltimore year. Did they did their London year. trip, and then they played Pittsburgh. And I believe um, it was Indianapolis the year before. Might have been, yeah. Oh, that sounds right. They, they go lose to Jacksonville or whatever, and I, maybe they did win that game. I don't know. No, they 
they went to uh they had chicago the following weekend they might have covered but it yeah, wasn't ugly. i think, I think ugly they did win they won but yeah i don't know if they covered that one whatever oh, the case what, is was that ever, okay was, was that all of them for travel spots or we, we have some weather stuff too that was it that was it for travel the other big one is weather and what i yeah. tried to do well, it's here, the same color same color because yeah. uh, you know this is all subjective and you really got to just and, I, and this was you know this is just literally like a flag like hey oh by the way when you're handicapping don't forget about this right um and when it comes to weather what i did was i identified teams going to altitude or heat excessive heat and humidity early in the season teams going to particularly cold weather if they are dome or warm weather teams late in the season okay obvious example yeah miami going to buffalo in very late (laughs) yeah that's the best one yeah that's the best one um detroit i mean it's cold in detroit but they'll be in Green Bay week 17. That's going to affect them. Uh, it's uh, basically Buffalo gets the beneficiary of this a bunch. <laughs> All their home games uh, towards the end of the season, they get Jacksonville, they get the Lions, and they get the Dolphins. Uh, warm weather dome teams, three of them at home week 12, 15, and 17. Does that mean I'll be backing the Bills? Probably not, but it certainly means I'm not going to be running to back the Jags, Lions, or Fins in those positions. Um, that is a really good point as far as, <laughs> as far as like, you know, you can't just take this and like, oh, this is a good color. Yellow's good for this team. I'm going to back them. Like, sometimes this is going to be just enough to push you off of backing the other team. Stay away. Exactly. Yes. Just Great point. Maybe it's. Uh, maybe it's, uh, it helps you stay away from a bad bet where and don't be results oriented and say well shit they would have won but like well in the long run that was probably a good stay away and if you stay the course and always do that plan it'll be good in the long run like don't don't uh don't get too hard into hindsight i'm getting off track here but please don't be a hindsight guy that's uh that's gonna just fuck with your betting all year but yeah, 100%. definitely. If, if if you can find a spot where it, it keeps you off a bad bet, whether it wins or not, like it's probably a good idea to to take some of this into account. Just as far as the opposite of what we've been saying, you know, looking mm-hmm. looking at the the opponent and what's going on with them. Absolutely, uh, a couple of ones that I will be steering clear of because of the heat and humidity uh, and the altitude early in the season. Uh, you can't pay me to back Seattle week one at Denver. Uh, Going at Denver weeks one, two, and three, in if you go back historically, is uh, an absolute death trap uh, for against the spread. It is one of the toughest things to do coming off of just getting your body into game shape to go up and play at altitude. It's a freaking nightmare, and so I will not be backing Seattle week one. And in fact, I will be actively fading, I can tell you, Oakland week two uh, at the Denver Broncos. Um Similarly, you can't. I will have nothing to do with Tennessee week one in Miami. I know that you don't necessarily think of a huge difference in conditions between where Tennessee is doing their training camp and where Miami will be. But uh, when you put these guys on a field for an extended period of time in the heat and humidity that you have in Miami, uh, they absolutely wilt. Uh, and I think that is going to be a massive. Uh, um, you know, massive factor in affecting Tennessee's performance. Similarly, week two, 
Patriots are going to be at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and um, typically New England wilts in the heat early in the season. Um, I'll never forget back in them week one a couple years ago, they went down to Miami and absolutely got curb stomped. Um, <laughs> granted, they all, granted they play in Miami a lot, uh, poorly a lot, but uh, um, especially early in the season, they just absolutely no-showed in that game. Um, so look out for some early in the season, at least make sure you're accounting for it. I will say that I didn't highlight any of these, but um, or maybe I did one. Uh, yeah, I did one. Uh, the Ram Stadium, the Coliseum where they're currently playing can get absolutely insanely hot. Insanely hot. Uh, Minnesota is going to have an extremely tough time there week four dealing with those conditions. Uh, even though it'll be like October, like almost October, um, you know, we typically have an Indian summers here in LA and um, it, it that, that game, if it's played during the day, and I can't remember if it's a daytime game or not. Now, I, now that I think about it, Minnesota Rams probably is a night game. Huh? Um, if that's a primetime game, forget about it. But uh, uh, if it's played during the day, then I do not love the uh, do not love the the uh, situation for Minnesota. Should we move on? Talk about the last what? one of these. The very last one. And it tell, is, by the way, before we move on, if Minnesota Rams is uh, Vikings Rams is primetime, I bet you it is. Should check that. That sounds like a good one. Vikings schedule. Here's me searching. Sunday night football. As, yeah, as it's we, Sunday uh, night. Da, 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 oh no, it's on Fox. Yep. It's on Fox. Nine twenty-seven. Oh, Vikings Rams. Thursday night. September twenty-seven. It is a. 927 is a Thursday, right? Thursday? I don't know. I got now I got to pull up a calendar. It's a yeah, Monday it's a night. Thursday game. nighter. It's a primetime. Nope. Thursday it night. It is a Monday. It is a Monday night game. It is? No, September yeah. 27th is uh September 27th is Thursday. Um, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is on it's a Thursday night football. It's on Fox this year. Uh so go ahead and forget about all that I just laid yeah, out. Yeah, I'm looking there. at August. <laughs> 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 if this were in August, this would be a Monday night game. So, yeah, Thursday night game, whatever. All right, moving on. Sandwich Great spot. Great info. Great info. Sandwich spot. Sandwich spot. Explain is... the sandwich spot well in okay. five words or less. Okay. Don't try in that. Between, in between. Is in between one word or two? two. I already used my five. Uh, okay. Um, I'll just go then. I'll go between two more meaningful games. Ooh, that was actually nice. Nicely done. There we go. There we go. Yeah, let's uh, pick one off the schedule for us and defend why you turned it orange. Because this one is the most subjective of all yours. Everything else is pretty – you can't argue that somebody else played off Thursday night. You can't argue that the team had a bye. This one is a little more subjective. This one is is as subjective as you could possibly get. Yep. It really is. Um, and what I did was I cleared the schedule for, I cleared, I took all the other situational factors away. Uh, and I started by looking at, okay, well, who does, where, when is this team playing, um, out of conference? Because traditionally motivation is a huge issue when you're playing out of conference, especially if you're playing out of conference on the road. 
you know who is especially guilty of this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. When the Pittsburgh Steelers play out of conference on the road, they absolutely shit the bed. Uh, who did they do that against last year? It was uh, I think I everybody? Say, <laughs> Green Bay. The Green first Bay half of the Bay. Green Bay game? Jesus Christ. Whatever, oh, no, Brett? Was, is it that was, Brent? That was Brent that was Brent 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 yeah. Yeah, Still, I was thinking, was, I was thinking of uh, – uh, Pittsburgh Bears. You remember the one where they gave oh, up the? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you remember that game? Wild like week three. Before oh, halftime, so the, the, so the plays wild. before halftime where, if you were, I think maybe it was the mill. Somebody was sweating like a first half under, and there was like nine times where he thought he was going to get it, not get it, and then finally they did just like kick a field goal. Yeah, block yeah. field goal return, not a <laughs> touchdown. Um, almost ended the game on or ended the half with a play, and then they end up kicking something. That was wild. Oh, that was yeah. utter. That, that was, was and that utter was, chaos. Utter and chaos. as much as I love the Bears this year, they were not a great team last year. That is no, a they were great awful. example yeah. of a team that was supposed to be John Fox. They were the two, you know they well no let's to Pittsburgh. They were the two seed. Oh, Pittsburgh, they were yeah, supposed yeah, yeah. to be supposed to be the two seed. They're supposed to be a very tough team, and they shat the bed mightily against a Bears team that wasn't supposed to be very good and was not. And that was a sandwich spot because it was between it was Pittsburgh leading up to Baltimore. Uh, we have another sandwich spot with Pittsburgh this week, this year, week three. Uh, Pittsburgh goes down to play in the heat of Florida, Tampa Bay, week three at Tampa Bay, out of conference, uh, road game, uh, in between uh, a tilt with the AFC West champ, Kansas City Chiefs at home, and the Baltimore Ravens week four. Hated rivals on the horizon. Think Guys are thinking about next week, we got to win this game, get control of the North. This game doesn't matter as much. It's against Tampa Bay. We're playing Ryan Fitzpatrick, went to Harvard, uh, and uh, Dirk Cutter is going to get fired, and – the next thing you know, uh, Mike Evans has 200 yards receiving and three touchdowns. And you wonder, how in the hell did I wind up backing Pittsburgh at such a short price on the road? They're so much better than this Tampa Bay team. And lo and behold, they eke out a a very, very narrow win or lose outright. Um, That is a absolute textbook sandwich spot. Um, Pittsburgh's got two of them this year. After Tampa Bay week three, uh, roll down the schedule to Carolina week 10. Uh, uh, you have, um, again, you're at home this time, uh, but you have an out-of-conference opponent. Uh, I personally don't think Carolina is going to be in contention at this point. And contention matters, especially as you're looking for sandwich spots later in the season. Um, but regardless, they got Carolina at home uh, in the midst of a three road games in four weeks and in between – the road game against Baltimore week nine and their road game against Jacksonville Jaguars knocked them out of the playoffs in week number 11. That right there to me looks like a phenomenal letdown spot for Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, they're going to be thinking about, or they're going to be black and blue from their matchup against Baltimore. Cause you're not going to believe this, but there's no love lost between those teams. No love. Uh, lost. And, and you, did, you uh, did hit a good point with Carolina there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's week 10 by then. And may, maybe that's kind of a tweener on, you know, a team. We're not predicting Carolina is going to be 2-14. and 14. I think they're going to be worse. They might even be a bad team. But it, it's kind of a tweener area. Once you get a little further past that, you're definitely going to have some of this. Part of 
the team being in contention or not, part of that is the public perception of a team. Absolutely like, right. And this, this is a good – let's just stick with this. I'd love it if it was like week 12, 13, but you've got a team. bring up one of those next, but go ahead. You, oh, yeah, I, I see what – maybe you're looking at Houston versus the Jets. That was the one. <laughs> yeah, so let's, let's say Houston, Houston is in contention. Houston has to play Indianapolis. So let's say luck is good. It's a division game. It's tough. And they also got three. Night, they also got three in a row on, at home. Yeah, yeah. So this is a so double. Got, this is like a triple whammy. It's a triple whammy, and then, and then you got to go two weeks from then and play the world champ Philly, and you have possibly some work to do to playoff solidify. Hopes. You have playoff you hopes. Know, and maybe not. Maybe more than hopes. Maybe trying to solidify a spot. Maybe you're in a a dogfight with Jacksonville to win the division. You might have a double look ahead then, where you're looking at Philly week 16 and Jacksonville 17. I love it. You, you travel to the Jets, who are, I mean, let's let's assume the Jets are as good or maybe the same, a little better possibly. Maybe the Jets are like, you know, six and eight, five and seven at this point. Yeah. I don't we're, know if that's even enough. We're asking questions at this so point. None of, those, about, none of those are added up. But anyway, let's say the Jets have five, six wins with three games going. But they're eliminated. Three games left. Yeah, they're done. They're they, 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 yeah. they have like the – here's like the 17 things that would have to happen, and the Jets also have to go eight and eight, and three teams have to tie. The Jets are out. The Jets are a shit team in the public eye. Like those things matter. So you got a, a team that's on the upswing. Everybody – all the TV guys are talking about Deshaun Watson. They're doing the, the Fox pregame with him, and they, all they, they got to do is go to the medal. Oh, yeah. yeah, they just took care of business with Indy. They're in the driver's seat. They just got to take care of the Jets. This should be easy. The team's looking ahead to Philly. The betters are looking ahead to the playoffs. The fans are looking ahead, and then the Jets beat him by ten. <laughs> in That's a cold, blustery day. Cool. Let's just say, let's just say well, the let's Jets say they cover don't the cover. ten point spread. Let's yeah. say the Jets yeah. cover the ten point spread. I like that. Yeah, one. let's not get wild. Like you go to, yeah, they go down to the Meadowlands and they, they you see them in the the B footage that they're, they're playing underneath the the promo for the next game, and it's the dejected Houston Texas walking off in the cold, blustery Meadowlands weather. Oh, I can see that one now. I might bet that game right now. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, you can't bet it right now. You want If you bet it right now, you have to take Houston. And the reason is the bookmakers, when they hung look-ahead lines, they fucked this one up badly. <laughs> they Unless they literally were factoring all the stuff you just said, which I can't imagine in a million years you would be doing when you're putting ahead look-ahead lines for all 17 weeks of the season. They hung... Jets minus one in this game, and it's like a good four points off what the power their implied power numbers are. Uh, so this one is legitimately a mistake. Um, if you bet anything in this one, you have to take Houston and the points, and then wait until the uh, wait until the line gets hung at Houston minus seven or something, and just absolutely dump a bankroll on the Jets. And maybe maybe don't listen to what Wales said. Please do not bet mistake lines on five dimes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a clear mistake, Bail you know they'll void it. Yes, but if, yeah. if it's a, if it's a fuck up like this, tread lightly on that stuff. You don't need to lose your access to five dimes. So it was yeah. Uh, and was I just a... bet Jets money line anyway. So good luck. 
Okay. Okay. All right, um, good stuff. And then good I, stuff. I guess live here, live production meeting. I think screenshots of screenshots of this need to go out in tweets during the season for situations like this. And we Absolutely. might have to, you know, you'll have to, you know, the colors aren't going to just make sense and on its own. But when you get that green base situation, I think we need to, you know, because there's so many situations here that we could tackle tonight. We just don't have the time to go through everything. But there's there's spots where you've got a team with back-to-back-to-back roadies, and then they got to play green bay off a of bye. You've got Baltimore. <laughs> you know, there, there's so many wild yeah. spots like that. Um you got Baltimore back to back to back roadies, and then they get to play New Orleans off a of bye. These are things we want to highlight during the season and be like, "Hey, this is a." And I don't know if we've mentioned this yet. Future bets. Like, if you like a team, and a team has an awful shitty spot like that, gotta pick your spot. Maybe, maybe it's a good time to wait. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe spot. there's a spot where, like, you think this team has a soft second half of the schedule. They have a really tough stretch like Baltimore does in pretty much weeks three through seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Well, weeks, like uh, week, week three, Baltimore is going to – I mean, it's a bet. Week threes. This one's going to be one of my favorite ones to handicap early in the season because Denver's going to be coming off of a month at home. First road game going to be against Baltimore. Yep. Baltimore might have underwhelmed in week one, week two. But they're also going to be looking ahead to Pittsburgh, so that that, that one's going to be fascinating from a situation standpoint. Um, but let's just yeah. assume Baltimore takes care of Denver in that one. Um, but yeah, week four through week nine until yeah. they're by at Pittsburgh, that's, at that's Cleveland, at Tennessee, rough. New Orleans yeah. coming off a of bye, back yeah. to Carolina, Pittsburgh at home, rough and stretch. Then it's not yeah. be great. No, so. no. So if you have, so basically, I can pretty much promise you our week. Uh, 10 podcasts when we're like looking at the futures market and we're like, what teams do we think are better than the market thinks right now? Who should we put a bet on to make the playoffs? Uh, and we look down and you see some advantage spots coming up for Baltimore. You see lots of home games down the stretch against some teams they should take care of business against. Uh, I bet you we uh, end up putting a little bit of action on Baltimore later in the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for, I like and it. for sure we are going to – and. Uh, Maybe maybe the colors and the screenshot, like I'm saying, isn't what we'll do. But we will find some way to illustrate. Like, here's a chunk of a team's schedule, and here's why it matters. Like, this team is about to get just royally BF'd in their butt for five weeks. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. And or, or here's a spot. Like, this team has some smooth sailing. It's got a coming off a bye or coming off a Thursday. You got some other teams in some tough spots. Like we're definitely going to use this as a as a tool to hopefully help some people out with some winning some NFL bets by looking at some situational spots. So yeah, by all means, don't bet Houston to win the South now. Uh, wait until Week Ten because coming off their bye, they go Redskins and then they get three games in a row at home. All three games, their opponent is coming off of adverse travel in terms of back-to-back road games. <laughs> so you have a nice little four-week window there. They can reel off four wins potentially, and um, you can extract a decent amount of value if they put together a nice little run for you in November. So 
Good stuff, man. I love this. Let's. Uh, we've talked a lot about the AFC. I don't have a ton to really go into about any of these teams because I thought I thought actually the schedule makers did a pretty decent job kind of balancing difficulty, except for a couple of things which you already hit on. Baltimore has a brutal stretch early. Uh, Houston has a beautiful stretch late. Pittsburgh, I thought, got a damn easy schedule the whole freaking season. I don't know what Pittsburgh did to get this nonsense. They don't play anyone coming off a bye. They only got one team. Uh, coming off of Thursday night football, and it's Denver. Uh, and um, they get four situations where they're playing at, at home against the team playing back-to-back road games. So I, I don't know who I don't know who uh, uh, who who got the the cash handshake in the schedule makers' office for Pittsburgh, but boy, did they get an easy situational schedule. Um, let's flip over to the NFC because the NFC is not balanced whatsoever. There are some easy ones, and there are some very, very tough ones. And most of the very – and this is actually not a huge surprise, right? Like, the NFC is more uh, stacked. There are a yeah, lot you, better you teams. Play, you play more teams from your own conference, obviously. Yeah, and, and the teams that were good last year are good damn teams. good this year. Yeah, we talked about this in one of our off-season pods. I can't remember which one, but we were basically looking around like, dude, the rich are getting richer. Like – Philly Rams, uh, oh yeah, Minnesota, the, the Rams, New Orleans, the Rams signed they all got better. The, the, the Rams signed defensive backs and got another receiver. Vikings got a better quarterback and put Sheldon Richardson on that defense. Yeah, Philly added Phil. Who did Philly add that I'm they missing? Get uh, <laughs> they get Wentz. Well, I mean, they have to get Wentz yeah. back. Uh, yeah, Green Green Bay. They Jimmy get Graham. Jimmy yeah. Graham had ten touchdowns last year for a kind of a bad offense. Like there, yeah. there's some you know Green Bay doesn't even get into this conversation because they weren't good. Uh, San Francisco, everyone's on that hype train. New Orleans, just all those rookie studs have one more year with the in the film room with everybody. And boy, yeah. I mean, there's a litany of good teams. Dallas was very good two years ago. Had a bunch of shitty injury luck last year. Yep. Chicago to be a good Chicago team. massively uh, upgraded the their coach. Yeah. Atlanta is. Oh yeah. Atlanta still has a lot of weapons. Like we still haven't be, seen Atlanta play their conference. best game. Yeah. <laughs> We're still waiting. We're uh, still waiting for Atlanta to perform their best. Um, yeah. No. No doubt. The, the so NFC yeah, these is are tougher utterly schedules. stacked. So they're <laughs> tougher schedules. Is. Exactly right. Uh, much tougher to predict what's going to happen, and because of that. Um, but uh, let's kind of go through some of the contenders and talk about who got utterly fucked and who got kind of fucked. Okay. Um, we talked about Green Bay already. I don't want to go back to that. They have a stretch in the middle of their season that is like, why would they do yeah, this go, to anyone? Go to the Rams um, schedule. Let's yes, yeah, go to the Rams. The Rams, man. Holy hell. They better be good. <laughs> they better be. Uh, they get uh, – we mentioned already Thursday Night Football, they play Minnesota week four, and then it just turns upside down for them for a month, for six weeks, seven weeks, seven weeks. It's just it's upside down for them. Um, obviously, always tough for them playing at Seattle. They get the extra rest off Thursday Night Football. They should win that game. Then they go at Denver. So back-to-back weeks at Seattle, at Denver. Now you're up at altitude. Uh, you're in a sandwich spot because looking ahead at your matchup against San Francisco, third week in a row on the road at San Francisco, what is your reward for all of this travel? You get to come home and you get to play Green Bay coming off of their bye. And if that wasn't enough, get back on the plane, fly to New Orleans. You're playing the Saints week nine. 
this is one of the most difficult runs that I could put together from a situational and a opponent strength standpoint that I could find on any team. And it is amazing. Uh, they get another tough game after at New Orleans where they get Seattle at home. Uh, I say another tough game. It's always tough when Rams and Seattle get together because even if Seattle's absolute trash, the uh, there's no love lost between these teams. Uh, and then uh, then they got to go to Mexico City and they got to play at altitude after this absolutely brutal run. Uh, here's your prize. Go play at, at 8,000 feet against Kansas City Chiefs, who are no fucking slouches. What do you make of that, man? Um, I already have them penciled in for aggression, so hopefully, hopefully that just helps. Coming out of their bye, they got to go back. They got coming out of their bye. They got three out of four on the road. Do you see this? Yeah. Both and of then, their two road games at Detroit, at Chicago, better than people think. Both of them are early. Stuff. Yeah, both of them are at ten a.m. for their time. Uh, then they come home, they get Philadelphia, and then back on the road in the sandwich spot against Arizona before getting San Francisco in their finale. There is not a single easy win in this entire uh, stretch from week three to week 17. I really cannot well, honestly, tell you. Go, go, the whole season, like, it, it's it, incredible. Oakland's, like, maybe Arizona at home. I could pencil that in as a win. Otherwise... The Rams, the Rams, you know, you can have people rank these however they want using whatever metrics. Just the eye test going through all these, I think the Rams is the toughest one for me. It is for me from, too. From weeks one through seventeen, it's the toughest schedule. What what was the other one you wanted to look at? I just wanted to go down through the contenders, and I agree with you. The Rams, I, I, if if we get to the end of the season and you see a Sports Insight tweet like. The Rams are the least profitable team in the NFL. They are 13-3 and 13 against the spread, uh, yet they still are winning the NFC West. Uh, will I be surprised? No. In fact, I just predicted it. So uh, Rams go 3-13 and 13 against the spread this year. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, right down, next one there. Uh, have you kind of digested the Viking schedule a little I'm, bit? It's, it's yeah, very – it is looking very, for a loss. It's very front-loaded, man. I mean, yeah. it's uh, there are there are difficult matchups, difficult situations. Um, what week two, three, four, five? We're gonna know a lot about what this team is made of in their first five games. You open up against San Francisco, you get a little bit of an advantage playing them early, uh, and then you go at Green Bay week two. Aaron Rodgers revenge, uh, sandwich spot against Buffalo should be a win, but probably don't cover. Uh, and then you got to go at the Rams Thursday night football. I'm going to get rid of that yellow, by the way. Um, week five at Philadelphia. At Revenge. Philly. Revenge. Extra rest. Revenge for NFC championship. Embarrassment. There's going to be dog masks on every Philadelphia fan in the stadium. How will your boys react? Oh, God. Defense, defense going to give up uh, five touchdowns again? Let's talk about a different team. This is depressing. <laughs> um, After and, that. Yeah, the, hopefully the defense is much more healthy. And you know, we'll uh, the more I'm looking at this too, boy, we're gonna we're gonna use the shit out of this for divisional previews too. Just oh for like, sure. Oh man, oh, but sure. yeah, going down the schedule, the, there's rough ones to get. It's not too bad. Uh, yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, 
at Chicago. They, it does not matter if it's the Vikings' best year and Chicago's worst year. For some reason, playing in Chicago is always tough for them. Luckily, they do it off the bye. Um, Green Bay is playing off Thursday night, but they're playing the second straight road game. That'll be tough for them. The New England game doesn't matter when, where, how, or who. That's tough. At Seattle, second game of a roadie. Hopefully, Wilson has at least tried to fake an injury at that point, and he's out <laughs> to save his life. They're just direct yeah, snapping second, to Penny. Yeah. They're just direct yeah. snapping to Penny five yards in the back for, for minus four yards. Yeah, Penny. Penny's dead to me. He's Chris Carson. <laughs> and then sandwich spot at Detroit, Chicago to close. Yeah, it's not. It's not the worst schedule, but yeah, definitely some tough stretches. It's going to be. I think you can do this with almost any team. I mean, take the top eight teams in the NFC. There's just they all play each other. It's it's like so many tough games, and then it seems like a lot of the away games against the AFC are like really tough opponents. Like, yes, it's true. You know, there's a it's lot crazy, of this. Huh? So, yeah, these are all super tough. It's crazy, huh? Uh, New Orleans, I think, did not get as tough a schedule as people are making out to be. They got one, two, three instances uh, where they go back-to-back roadie, one where they go back-to-back-to-back roadie, uh, and obviously we know how much you know home field advantage matters to the Saints, and they're so much better in the Dome. Um, that really, I mean, that that helps them in a couple spots. Like they got to play the Redskins off the bye, but that's going to be in the dome. That probably neutralizes a lot of that. Uh, um, they, uh, their home games look, look reasonable. They got a good advantage. They get Pittsburgh at home. They get it. Uh, Philadelphia at home. They get the Rams at home. Um, just based on schedule of the contenders. I think new Orleans got a pretty damn decent shake. Would you agree with me? Oh yeah. No, that's yeah. uh yeah, that one is a little a little lighter than all things considered. Still, it's funny how Carolina gets a team on their third straight roadie every week, every year. That was the Minnesota spot, like almost the same situation. Like week fifteen, I think it might have been again, getting a contender coming in on their third straight road game and probably incredible, huh? All right, I love all this insight. This was an absolute perfect primer to the season coming up. Hopefully, you, the listeners, have become as excited as we are to uh to really dig into this season as andy mentioned this uh this schedule is probably the most important tool that you have in your hand right now to handicap the season get familiar with it get started uh circle some games put them in the back back pocket so that you can uh, uh have them at the ready draw them during the season you'll remember all this stuff if you can kind of commit to it at this point in the season i'll you know, put it in your homework now uh and uh yeah um ready to wrap this up also did did we did we miss anything hit us up like oh if you have off. something that you're always seeing you always see something every year in in the scheduling like this is a spot I think Whale did a really good job of trying to cover everything but if we miss something hit us up Maybe, uh, you know, maybe you give us some tips that makes me some money and then I I really like you and that'd be awesome. So yeah, if there's anything thing. else, you, if there's anything else you use in your handicapping, just situationally schedule wise, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that come up during the season that we won't know until they do. But uh, f- right now, looking at the schedule, if there's something that has always stuck out to you, hit us up. 
But yeah, I love it's it. been great. We're great gonna call. probably repost this a couple times because this is something that has tons of uh, value for the next month to look at uh, until the it. season starts. All right, Andy, have a wonderful week. Perfect. The football season is officially here. I'm so excited. Uh, we'll start doing some divisional previews next week. Does that sound good to you? That sounds wicked awesome. I think this Thanks, might be yeah. the last week we don't do two podcasts for the whole football yep. season. Yep. From here until February. I think after this, we're doing at least two a week, right? Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, right. thanks for listening as always. And, yeah, next week, kick it into high gear, two a week. All right. Take it easy, buddy. Yep. See you.